to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I'm excited to be in conversation with my next guest, the owner of Baltimore's finest listening room, Andy Music. Please welcome Henry Wong. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Rob. I deeply appreciate for your invitation, and uh, I hope I would do um, your listeners uh, justice for sharing my my knowledge and my experience in running Andy Music for the last 33 years. I, I appreciate it. And it's, um, I mean, I had to have you on here. It was just like, I'm talking jazz, I'm talking venues, I'm talking music. I have to have you on here to get a bit of the story. And um, so I'm really privileged and I'm excited to, to chat with you today. And it's, it's going to be a good one. Um, so to start off, uh, I'd like to give that sort of introductory question. Um, and I want to give you the space to share a bit about your background and maybe what was some of the music that you were listening like to growing up? Well, well, I was born in Hong Kong. So I came to United States when I was 16 by myself. I just came over to study on my own with my parents, uh, just sent me over to the United States. So I went to, when I was 16, I finished my high school in a monastery boarding school in Midwest, in Minnesota, and then I went to college and enrolled in study biology and um, did fairly well. And I went to Hopkins Medical School for the summertime to do student research, um, like a, like an intern. And I, given the fact that I get to know uh, some professors and then enjoy working i would enjoy my working with them so they invite me to to stay um working with them after my college graduation so i've been at hopkins and do my primary research was in neurology i do neurogenetics or in the part of the neurochemistry so we do genetic diseases that that was being affected by the central nervous system. Yeah. And and I also spent a lot of time listening to music uh, during the time I was doing the research. So in 1990, I I opened Andy Music with a bunch of friends that, that they are really music lovers. They, they actually know more music than I do. And, um, and they actually, we, we started Andy Music. The name was... Um, was named by me it actually means to music it's a german art song by frank schubert uh it's a very old classic song it's actually is a poem hmm. so i thought that the name is very appropriate for what we want to do about the music so it's less commercial uh it's more elegant and actually represent you know at that part part of the culture of music was from europe and um and is part of it is referenced by german composers so that hence the name of andy music was formed in 1990 uh so we start as a record store did very well we're the first record store to let you listen to anything in the store before you purchase and we we kind of started the whole listening post so people can listen to any cd before they buy so it was very very you know effective and very uh, popular among Baltimore uh, residents. So Andy Music was very popular with so many people come to our store, listening to anything, sampling the music, and before they decide whether they want to buy it or not. 
And so we also started the whole recycling program in 1990. That means that we, we take all the CD packages out and uh, we take it out and rewrap the CD and then the cardboard package or the plastic blister pack, we took it to the recycling center and we recycled the things. So we kind of like go for the beginning of very uh, environmentally conscientious about for the for the society and what we do as a business so we our business model was um was a few different um you know goals first we want to make sure that we serve the public well by letting them decide what they want to buy just like they try to close on before they decide they want to buy it and secondly we we decided that you know this packaging is so it's a nuisance. Why don't we recycle them for you instead of you have to take it home and throw them into a trash can and just throw them into the, the landfill or the dumpster. So we do a couple of things that we think that is first uh, to promote music. And secondly, we can do something more for the environment. And thirdly, we, because of the way we do our music, we invite musicians to come to our store to do a, a in-store. Yeah. What that means is that when they have a new record coming out, they want to come to Andy Music to play a few songs of the new CD, to promote them and let the public sit there and listen to it. So everybody has a, you know, up, you know, upfront, close view with the musicians, so they can actually get to be more personable to each other. So we we done all these things. Primarily, we focus on 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 people to people first. Yeah. Then we think about that. You know, whether we're going to be successful in making um, lots of money and. But that's primarily most of the retail stores at that time they were doing is sell, sell, sell. We we try to do the selling part of it, but we also do the, the part that we can get the people to relate each other. They can talk about it. The listening posts really encourage people to talk to each other when they're listening CDs, the, the, the customers were telling each other what they should listen to. So they create a group of friends, you know, in the way that most of the re businesses that you go in, you do your shopping and you leave. And Andy Music is many ways that people staying around and talk to each other. And I think that it's very important because we become sharing mm. as, as what we humans are supposed to do being sharing. And, um, in 2002, we added the concert series because people stopped buying CDs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the beginning of the Apple, you know, iPad and, you know, iPod. So all that kind of things. So selling CDs become um, a, a difficult thing for us. So we moved from Towson into Mount Vernon. Uh, so the part of we are is called Historic Mount Vernon. One of the reasons we're there, because we're a couple blocks away from Peabody Conservatory, which is the music school in Baltimore, and now is part of Johns Hopkins. Um, and it's also part of the whole history of Baltimore, where the church, the Baltimore Free Library, the Inapret Library was there. So we felt like that, that music should be part of a historic cultural uh, place, you know, not necessarily we have to be in an entertainment district, but we are into a, a cultural district. And to, to so we kind of like, you know, put ourselves in the place that where the Basilica is across the street from us. We have the First Unitarian Church of Baltimore is kind of on the corner from us. So we, we, we try to tell people that you come to, 
on the museum, you're going to see a lot of culture, a lot of historic buildings was there. Uh, so we don't have a lot of high rise. Actually, yeah. we don't have any high rise. Um, and it's a wonderful little walking neighborhood. Uh, so Andy Music was kind of like a, we kind of like, we're kind of like re, re, rebrand ourselves from being a big retail space in Towson to an intimate space in a historic row house. Yeah. Uh, so we now occupy the previous uh, UB Blake Museum. And U.B. Blake, in, as to many people, Baltimoreans know that he was a very famous African-American jazz pianist in the turn of 1900s. And he also taught piano uh, at Peabody Conservatory as one of the very earliest uh, African-American uh, uh, musician to be a teacher there. So we, 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 decided that the city has relocated the UB Blake Museum to Howard Street. So we don't want to leave that building vacant, has nothing. So we continue the spirit of music and we decided to more focus on jazz music because most of the jazz music in Baltimore or everywhere else is performed in, in bars, mm -hmm. restaurants, nightclubs it's more of an entertainment venue people eat drink and be merry which is which is perfectly okay i have nothing against eating and drinking but i thought that sometimes um music is best sometimes to listen without all the other factors around it yeah. so you can listen to it just like listening to music is like going to a church to listen to a sermon Mm -hmm. and, and I feel very fulfilling and spiritually uplifted just to listen to the music by itself. Uh, and then after that, I could be very hungry and thirsty that I want to maybe share a meal with friends and talk about how wonderful the concert experience that I just experienced. And I, I, I want people to do that, to celebrate afterwards. It's almost like you go to a church you want to celebrate afterwards to have something to eat, to have a feast. Yeah. But somehow, <laughs> for the sake of making money, we like to put everything together. And so Adi Music is always, in my mind, is no food. It's a listening experience. And because the way we do it, we allow a lot of younger musicians, students, you know, to come and perform so they can have a chance to have a place uh, to perform with really good acoustics and then the parents and the family can come to attend the concert yeah. without having to see people drinking whiskey or brandy or, <laughs> or, or daiquiris or anything like that sort. And we also keep the cost down for the patrons mm. because since we're not selling food and everything else, there's no reasons for them to spend any money besides buying the ticket. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's, that's great. And I, and I like that that overview there of sort of like, you know, sort of the, the transition from where you were at. And we're, we're probably going to tap back in it a little bit, but definitely a lot of my questions have been answered thus far. So this is, this is great. And I, I think the other thing, the other sort of comparison that's there is, you know, I've gone to, in terms of like the listening room and not having all of the other entertainment components, it, it reminds me of going to see like classical music for sake of argument. If I'm going to see like BSO or something, you know, there are certain rules to, to that certain norms to that. And the focus is it, it, it of the, the whole experience 
is to consume the music, is to enjoy the music. Now go out there and get your whiskey or your daiquiris and, um, you know, have, have sort of that part of it. You know, that's, that's there, but really it's definitely a shift to, you know, you're here to enjoy this music. There's an intermission that's coming and, and all of that stuff and kind of breaking it up. But definitely the cultural preservation component is something that's very important to me. And as I have in the intro, you know, the, you know Andy Music is, is a listening room. That does, that's the way that I look at it. It is a listening room. Um, just like, you know, just Rob, just the same, just to like, you know, echoing to the Baltimore Symphony is the same way that you go to, you know, um, go to a theater mm-hmm. uh, to see a play, to see a, a, a play. You know, you you need to be focused. You need to listening to everything. Um, It's by the time you start eating and drinking, um, you know, you take away your attention. Um, You know, all these are kind of like I learned that from medical school. That when you have lectures, everybody's very quiet, very serious. They take notes. They're they're listening very carefully, and and I think that we 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 have to respect the musicians. You know, they give. 100% 100% or more than 100% of of the time and effort to perform for us and we should at least do the same for them uh, nobody's talking everybody's looking at them paying attention to it and then you you want to talk to them afterwards and wish them everything and and develop a friendship that way and of course you know by doing that you know most of the business model we say that well that's terrible I can make you know extra two thousand dollars during the whole time. Yeah, that's the down. There's a there's a drawback for that, and I and I understand, and I'm willing to 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 not to abandon the the the, the additional income, but just to make sure that the music is provided that everybody can listen and being totally quiet and enjoy the whole evening or the afternoon in has that matters. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Wow. Um, so I want to I want to step back a, a touch and, um, you know, ask you about, you know, uh, that, that first time that you, you know, were exposed to like jazz music. Um, I, I read that you first experienced jazz music in college. Uh, I did. And, and, yeah. and what was the first song that, that do you remember the first song or first record or artist like set that stage for us? Definitely. I was um, they were playing uh, Dave Brubeck and Paul Desmond. Take five. I mean, it was just never heard anything like that. The, the whole <laughs> swing upbeat with the clarinet. And I don't even know what jazz is because, and then till then I said, wow, that is very different because <laughs> listening to classical music or popular music is, you know, it's a very different approach to everything. And with the jazz is, to me, it's very free form. And it's very creative in a way that musicians can take long, you know, playtime. It's just like creating their own cadenza, their own style, and showcase their own their own musicianship. So they can just kind of like play five minutes of solo piano, ten minutes of solo drums, you know, five minutes of solo saxophone or trumpet, and. It, it's it aroused people, and I also like jazz because the way it's said to be is intimate. Is it started to be small? Yeah. It doesn't. It's not meant to be in a big open field 
or a 2,000 seats auditorium, because when the, the beginning of jazz is all done by like in New Orleans and some people looking at a little corner store to sit around and play. And people just bring up a chair and listen to it. And it has nothing to do with the best acoustics or everything. They just, everybody just kind of like, it's to me, it's, it's American culture of, of social. It's like a social club mm. for people that, for people that don't need to have money, they can have their own social life. And so I always consider that jazz is to me is always is social driven. It's like people to get together in the neighborhoods. So they want to do something for themselves and they take a broken instrument or kind of like untuned piano and they can make hell great music out of that. And, and compared to classical music, everything has to be perfect pitch, everything. So it, 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 it represented the powerful, of American culture and the powerful of the black Americans. You know, people don't give, you know, it's sad to think that the black Americans have no contribution to this country. Not everyone think that way, but there's plenty of America think that way. I find it that this is so, so sad, so wrong because, because of black Americans it really make Americans very respectable in the eyes of the rest of the world, yeah. <laughs> except, well, except us Americans sometimes don't think of it that way. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I, no, I, I appreciate that. Um, I, yeah. And I think like being able to, cause it was something that you said that I definitely want to comment on that it's, it's just this idea around like intimacy, you know, it's like you're creating a vibe, you're creating a scene, all that other stuff, strip it away. What is it about? It's about the music. It's about the people who are doing it. It's about that sort of fellowship, bringing people together. And and I like how you described it. It, it doesn't have to be a 2000, you know, seater, like concert hall or what have you. Like, I don't want the the jazz like stadium tour. I don't I don't want that. I, I kind of want something that feels intimate, that feels like like true and definitely is something that you know, musicianship, uh, culture, it's a scene and it's something that's been around as, as a culture, purely, not purely just the music, but as a, a cultural component that's been around for a very long time. And maybe because of, you know, the, the people that are attached to it or what have you, it's definitely a, a black genre that it, it didn't get sort of that acknowledgement that it does or that it should get here. Now, I think a lot of times in you know, other countries there, it's, it's treated differently. And I know that there are venues such as yours that are, are pushing to really keep and preserve and, and just like make sure that scene, that culture, the music, the whole thing is healthy. Well, the, the problem is to order for that to happen, Rob, we, we need to cultivate and nurture the younger generations. And we just like everything else, we're just doing a very, not a great job in it. Um, the younger culture are totally uh, disconnect with the older culture. Mm -hmm. um, and everything has become, uh, you know, a, a pop culture. Uh, pop culture, you know, has its purpose because it's popular, but usually is short-lived. You know, it's just like trendiness. 
Uh, unfortunately, culture is not about trendy. Culture is history. Culture is knowledge. And even though you can use the word that a lot of people never like the word is discipline. You know, people think, oh, discipline is terrible. But but without discipline, then we don't have any directions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in 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 this sense, I think that uh, we are we are not really doing a good job. And and my generation, or maybe people younger than me, and we need to do more because it's like um this kind of music, jazz, blues, uh, gospel, is not really you know going to survive. Mm-hmm. Is given the fact that um, nobody's playing it. Uh, our politicians, so-called our leaders, they don't know anything about music. <laughs> 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 I, I mean, uh, the sad part is they carry a Bible and then <laughs> it's blasphemy and, and then even carry a Bible and, and talk about, you know, religion. And it's, it's sad. And, but I... We want to do other music. One our goal is to really preserve our the the, the the jazz community, the culture, not the jazz community, the the cult, the community in Baltimore mm-hmm. to make jazz accessible yeah. to Baltimore. I mean, we're not trying to do all over the world, the country, but we want to do something just for Baltimore to get to neighborhoods to appreciate the younger people. Don't have to go out, you know, looking for something to do instead of getting themselves in trouble because, you know, they they don't know how to express their feelings. I mean, it's something that if they realize that, wow, the, the sound of music, jazz music is so great. But my God, I have to take, you know, 10 hours every day to 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 pick up the instrument and play or I'm going to have to, you know, you know, you know, express my my frustrations on the drums they they don't have any one to teach them or tell them the, the music can be very useful can be very therapeutic to to help them to do all these things so i i hope that andy music is doing our our part to to make it to make it you know accessible to the people in Baltimore. Of course, you know, we get a lot of tourists coming to Andy Music uh, to some of our concerts because um, they, they saw our, you know, our names on different magazines or, or different travel um, websites. Not because we have the best martini or the fish fry. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, none of the others, none of the above. But then it's just a place that is a very different type of listening experience. Yeah. You sit in a chair and you listen to music. And to a lot of these people, they feel like that, wow. I didn't realize I can spend the evening just as simple as that to listen to music. Of course, now during the COVID, we know we we are forced to do streaming. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so we are the first uh, venue to do streaming in the whole country since 2020, March or 2020. We actually get the permission from um, the, the the last governor Hogan's office. So we, we convert Andy music from a listening room to a to a broadcasting 
center to broadcast local musicians to play jazz so people can watch it you know at home on youtube on the television and so you know we have done 650 live streaming shows uh, Wow, and and then we also because of what we have done during the COVID, we support a lot of Baltimore musicians, so they they get paid because yeah. people watch them perform performing at Andy Music. They can watch them at home, and then they bought a ticket, and then uh, these musicians collecting the ticket money, and so you know they make a few dollars, you know, for themselves, and also keep themselves sanity because they get to come out to perform in Andy and see, you know, some of their friends. Yeah. And, but now, of course, you know, the world forget about what happened in the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I definitely want to ask about that because I, I noticed that sort of trajectory and going from even having the retail space into where you're at now, there's sort of this, this arc of the business practices have been innovative and forward thinking and, and adaptable, especially when you're talking about sort of the streaming component can you can you talk about like like having that sort of like visionary and strategic approach to how you go about what you do? Well, everything what I did, everything we started with a vision, mm -hmm. and then we have to tweet every day as we move forward, um, and that's really why we are humans because we should be able to adapt to to see and forecast something in front of you that that might have to change. Um, what the the interesting aspect of what everybody thinks that how how can we be so such a visionary? I said visionary is such a you know very you know glorified word to use. I I like to use it as we are very realistic approach of everything. Hmm. I don't really have lofty goals you know, I, I learned that from medicine is that you set, you have to have a, a goal. And then in each step towards that goal, you have to, you have to look at, you know, does it work? How much does it work? If it doesn't work, why are you doing it? If it does, you know, if, if it doesn't work the way you want to work, will you learn anything out of it? So for, for what we do in promoting music, it's actually it's, it's a test of patience and devotion or dedication in that matters. Yeah. You, you really have to, you know, believe that it's not about you, it's about other people. You're doing it for the, for the sake of other people because that's how culture will continuously to preserve. If you do it for yourself, you know, Rob, it's really nothing to worry about. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, you know, you, that, that story will be ended very quickly. Yeah. You, you really have to do it because you do it for the, for the sake of the, of the culture, for the art form. And also, you know, by doing that, you're preserving the humanities, um, mm. everything involved in it. And it's it's a it's a wonderful experience because everybody should try to do something good for other people because then you really learn. I mean, yeah, you know, I can do everything for myself. I have many needs. Or if you have family, if you have children, you have many needs for them. But set aside thinking the needs for yourself and your family. Thinking about set aside to focus on the needs for other people. 
hey, maybe I don't need it today. I'll help you with it. Yeah. And then in, 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 instead of just putting, placing yourself as the primary benefactor for everything. And I think that that's part of the problem that we, we, we doesn't really, not, most of us don't learn the teaching of Jesus very well. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think, I think like that's one of the reasons why like I, I, I do this and, and kind of embarked upon this and it continually motivates a lot of what I'm, what I'm doing or what I aspire to do here and just kind of helping give folks that might not get that that light shot on them to share their story, maybe in this capacity and maybe doing an interview in a unique way. It's, you know, like this is going to be, at least what the aspiration is, different from any interview that you have done in the past and will do in the future. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's what the, the goal is. Not always you're going to hit it, but that's what the goal is. That's what the aspiration is. And, you know, I, I think a lot of folks will tell me, and I and I hear this. I'm gonna start marking it down. People will tell me, "This is my first podcast. This is my first podcast." And I'm like, "Wow, you've been making work for a long time. No one has ever asked you what is the story behind that work. Um, you know, some of your experiences, some of the ideas that go into the work, and it's often no." No one's ever really cared. No one's thought that I was an artist or no one cared about how I was going about my work or no one think that there's art in this area or culture to be discussed in this area. And, you know, this is a project that takes up, you know, you know, a nice, a nice amount of time and energy and all of that stuff. And as I tell people, it's like, it's not for me. You know, it's, you know, I'm invested in people doing well and having the opportunity to share and, you know, if you wanted to get over here for sake of argument and say, look, I want to talk about cartoons for 30 minutes. I'm like, let's do it, Henry. Let's talk about cartoons for 30 minutes. But that's not what you wanted to do. You wanted to talk about this. And this is what we're doing. But that's but that's pretty much the, the goal behind it. And, you know, whenever there are things that are, are brought up, always look at it like like you know, how do you monetize it? That's the thing. Or how are you going to keep entertaining people? It's like, that's not what I care about. What I what I care about is being able to continually do this until you know, I want to move to whatever the next thing is and mm -hmm. really being able to look at it and seeing what pass, what passes sort of the, the rubric, if you will, or the discernment that I have of who do I want to talk to, who's interesting. And, you know, as I said earlier, I, I felt compelled that I needed to include an interview with you in this, this series, especially around jazz. Thank you. I hope I talked in something about jazz. Besides <laughs> no, absolutely. You did. <laughs> so, so I do have this one last real question before I get to the rapid fire questions that you've been waited with bated breath for. Uh, so this is the last question I, I'll ask um, in this vein of the real questions. Talk about a little bit of some of the considerations that are made when you know, you're, you're looking to act, you're, you're looking to act, you're looking at musicians that are going to, you know, play at, at Andy music. Like talk about that. Like, you know, is it anyone with a, with a horn? Is it anyone that can play the sax or what sort of considerations are made? It's very, very different. We basically let the musicians come and email me and ask for a date. Andy Music, in my always in me, is a place for the communities, for for you, for not for me, it's for the musicians that they want to perform for themselves and to the public. So I kind of changed the table around. And so me coming to you, well, I like you to play because you're famous. So I want the college students 
even high school students, they said that I'd like to do a concert um, for my for my family. And so we have a lot of college students that live in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Some of them go to they enroll in college in Baltimore, like Towson or Peabody. Or some of them, they go to different schools in um, Manhattan, perhaps, or New England or, or Berkeley, <laughs> that they, they said that they want to come and do a concert, you know, when they have the spring break. So my approach is, this is your venue. You tell me when you want to play, I would do the thing for you. So it's not the way I like to, to do it like everyone else is, you know, I'm going to book you, you got to, you got to sell, you know, you got famous. So people would definitely come to, to see you. We have done that, Rob, you know, we have done it in like 15 years ago. You know, we have done a lot of shows, you know, given the fact that we start doing concert in 2002, we have done over 6,500 shows. So we do jazz, we do classical, we do, you know, we do hip hop. I have spoken words. I mean, we have tried everything. The reason is because the musicians, they come to Andy Music, they visit this place and they say, that I want to do a show here. I said, sounds good. Let's pick a date. So I, I want to work with them. So I want them to be seeing the whole picture, you know, not just come in, bring the horn, play collect the pay and leave. I want them to feel like this, they are part of part of the whole, the presentation is themselves. They actually create it for them. And especially for the younger musicians that they're students, this is the way I want them to learn to get practical experience. I said, this is kind of like doing your, 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 you going out to get training. And I don't want you to play in the bar because then people are talking, you know, in front of you, utterly disrespectful, but they don't care. They're not really coming here to see you because they just happens to want to go to the bar and have a drink. And mm-hmm. it happens that you're playing in front of them. So you play. So they can be talking or they can be looking at the phone. But when you come to Andy Music, every chairs are facing the stage. So there's then everybody has to look look at the stage and you have to look at everyone. Yeah. So you're gonna make enough eye contacts. So my approach to everything is almost like this is like a school, like an education experience, and how we can preserve that and show respect to music. And mm-hmm. and I think that especially for jazz music and all these years and always has been abused. And and in many ways, it has been always a second-class citizen compared to the classical music. So I, I just want to get people to say that, well, listen, the musicians had to start from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, it's not going to be the Branford Marcellus, the Winter Marcellus, you know, or the Ron Carter. But you can be someone as a wonderful bass player. He's 23 years old. You never know. Maybe 43 years old, he'd be very famous. <laughs> and then I can say that that kid played Andy Music when he was 23. And you know what? To me, I felt that I have, you know, you know, we, you know, we just part of our way that we were able to assist him. And I think that that's that to me is a it's it's a sense of responsibility of a good Christian. And I think that it's a good responsibility to be a good American to making sure that our culture, the jazz culture, you know, will forever be preserved in a wholesome way. 
that you know to show respect to the music and the, and the musicians that created music and to the public they want to really come to listen to music without having to worry about you know eating drinking spending money and and like can i bring my son to the concert can i bring my son here can i bring my daughter here would would they be appropriate for them to come to hear music so yeah. those all these things always become comes to my mind when i decided how i start on the music i never start on the music to be the point about that well how much money can i make <laughs> <laughs> well thank you that's 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 great and I, I love hearing that and um i can't wait to to come through and um listen to some music well please do i know actually um you know if you're back in town on th Thursday, we have uh, Rudy Royston. It's a quintet. And Saturday night, we have Baltimore Jazz Alliance Conference with a 7 p.m. a jazz quintet show. Sunday, we have two We have jazz shows with uh, TK Blue. He's celebrating a, a, um, a wonderful jazz pianist that passed away. He will be in his 97th birthday oh, wow. uh, in April. His name is Randy Weston. So our concerts are, tends to have a little bit more meaningful. Yeah. It's just like, you know... Why do you have to come? People feel like that. Oh, this is something that I I I I need to kind of like reformation. It's time to go to church. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let me let me let you. Uh, so we're we're at the the. Uh, we're, we're in the point of the, uh, the rapid fire portion of the pod because okay. the, 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 the real questions are done. <laughs> we got all the real questions. So I got, I got four rapid fire questions for you and you know how it works. You listen to the pod. So here's the first one. What is your favorite color? Favorite color. Uh, my favorite color is blue. Okay. Um, let's see, what is your favorite day of the week? Like which day of the week do you enjoy the most? Oh, I guess Monday. Okay, on Monday. Okay, I got it. Uh, what was the first jazz record you owned? Miles Davis. Okay. So this is the last one. This is the one I've been asking <laughs> various people, and they've given me some funny answers. What is the what is your favorite or most overused jazz related term? And, I, and I'll give you an example. Uh, a few people say, yo, cats. We say cats way too much, man. These, these musician cats, man. What is your, your term that you hear a lot in sort of jazz conversations? Well, well it, it goes from ages. I would say the word cool. For the older, older cats, it's cool. <laughs> the younger cats is like, you know, the younger cats is they they, they say different. They, what up, what up? You know, it's 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 the lingo. Everybody yeah. is different. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really great. Oh, so that's that's pretty much it. You got off the hot seat. You got the rapid fire questions. Really easy. You got off easy. That's good. Good. You were prepared. Um, no, I wasn't prepared. I just, I just, <laughs> like, you know, you know, you know why I like blue because on the music the, the logo is blue yeah so, there you go there you go so so with that um 
one, I want, I want to thank you a lot for, for coming onto this podcast and spending some time with me. And two, I want to invite and encourage you to tell the listeners where they can uh, check out Andy Music, um, you know, uh, social media, website, all of that good stuff. The floor is yours. Well, thank you for listening to Rob Lee's uh, podcast. I'm very, you know, honored to be invited to to share my my experience with everyone. Andy Music is very easy to find. Uh, we are located on 409 North Charles Street, which is the historic Mount Vernon. Um, and it's on Charles Street. It's the, not downtown. It's Midtown. Um, our website is easy. It's www.andymusiclive.com. The only difficult thing for everyone is to spell the music is a German K, not the English C. <laughs> and and the D I E only pronounced the letter D has a German, the I E just disappears. So it it actually say has an A N is on, D I E is pronounced as, say has D, and M U S I K has music. So it's on the music. So it is uh, difficult. It's a mouthful, but <laughs> but but other than that, it, it it tells people that we we are the place that is all about music and music only. So again, if you, anybody have any questions, feel free to give us a call. Email me at henry at andymusic.com and come and visit us sometime and check us out and and uh, you will have a wonderful experience. Thank you, Rob. And there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Henry Wong from Andy Music for coming on to the podcast. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art and culture in and around your neck of the woods. You've just got to look for it. Music.